Let me take you back to April 18th, 2020, the North Saskatchewan River Valley in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The spring sun beating down on the golden brown dirt, a deep, sloping river valley. The river that was once a frozen white ribbon was softening. Seagulls had returned to Alberta. And anybody will tell you when the gulls return to Alberta, spring is not far away. Now look, up high on the hillside, there goes Patrick, stoned out of his mind, dressed in his winter coat, overheating and getting a little bit squirrely, a little bit frantic. Now watch as Patrick descends the slope. The dusty brown hillside becomes a slide. Whoosh, down, down, down he goes through the familiar trails, peaks and valleys of his childhood. Through the brambles and the bushes, he emerges down on the riverside, on the shoreline. And yes, I'm not... Well, I am very ashamed to say it still, but I'm not too ashamed, not ashamed enough to not to tell you the story. I stepped out onto the river on what had just one week ago been hard packed ice was no longer. I found it the consistency of styrofoam, let's say. In I went up to my chest in freezing cold river water. April 18th, 2020. Oh my God, Ah, get me out of here. Scramble back up. Continue walking along the no longer frozen river. Break through again, up to my nipples in freezing cold water. It was a long, wet walk home. And that was made even worse by the fact that there'd been some, some fellows up on the hillside, up on the riverbank, watching all this, watching me stumble boom, into the water, boom, into the water again, and then back the way I came, tail between my legs, soaked. Of course, wearing a light gray t-shirt, so it was obvious that I was soaked. All of this in part because I had used marijuana. (laughs) My judgment was compromised. I was so desperate to avoid any human contact that I took the worst route imaginable stepping out onto a thawing river in the early spring. I tell you that story because that was the beginning of the end of my relationship with marijuana. It was a a relationship that to that point was well over 10 years, probably close to 13 years by that point. I got home, thankful to be alive. I believe it was the next morning that I opened up my moleskin notebook and took myself to task for all those foolish mistakes that I'd made, for overdressing, for overheating, for being so afraid of other people that I scrambled down to the river to avoid them and for thinking that I could walk on that river that was no longer frozen. April in Canada can be cold, but that sun was mighty and it had softened up the river incredibly. I could have died, no doubt about it. I could have died. And I think in some senses that's what's at stake when it comes to addiction or bad habits. It's your life. Now, you might be addicted to things that won't kill you. (laughs) At least they won't kill you very fast. 
You might have bad habits that are slowly taking a piece out of you, day by day, year by year. But what's at stake is our life. So I look back over that writing that I did when I had nearly killed myself in the river, stoned, and I got a few takeaways. And I wanna share with you today, if you're looking to quit marijuana, if you're looking to get that out of your life, I wanna share with you three takeaways that you can take home and think about. This is not a silver bullet. This is not me doing the work for you. This is the beginning of a process for you to evaluate yourself, your past, and your future to remove marijuana from your life. I have to say, I think the number one consideration when it comes to quitting a bad habit is awareness. Now, if you are coming here because you believe that marijuana is a problem in your life, well, congratulations. You've got a problem, but you're aware of that problem. So step one is complete. You're actually already on your way. Now, I've done lots of episodes about addiction, and I'm going to use a similar framework, but I really want to speak from the heart on this one. I don't want to confuse you with a process or, or steps. I just want to offer you some insight into how I quit marijuana. You have to realize that quitting a bad habit, quitting something that is taking a toll on you, it will take time. I knew for many, many years that I should probably stop smoking marijuana. It messed up my moods. It messed up my emotions. It led to me developing escapist tendencies, right? I didn't like being stoned around people, but I liked being stoned. So I ended up running from people right? Spending time away from home, away from my friends, family, partner, spent a lot of money, spent a lot of time hiding, took a lot of risks, right? Now, marijuana wasn't legal in Canada until 2018. So there was a good 10 years there where I was technically breaking the law and that, you know, the punishment might've been light, but it's, it's not something you want to have happen to deal with the law and deal with the cops. I was even ordering the damn th- the damn stuff online and having it shipped to my house, my parents' house. You know, I remember me and a good friend, my good friend, my best friend, who's no longer with us, we even wrote letters to our parents. We've both been caught smoking the stuff. So then we wrote letters to our parents asking if we could just keep doing it because of, it was our medicine, man. If you're aware of the effect that marijuana has on your life, how it's been entangled in friendships, in behaviors that you do, in pain killing, in escapism. That's a great start. And it's time to start exploring that. Now, you know, if you're listening to this show for any amount of time, journaling, voice notes on your phone, start your own podcast, do video vlogs on your phone, whatever. You need to start taking a record or keeping a record of your becoming, a record of your behavior, of your thoughts. You want to quit marijuana? You want to quit anything for that matter? You have to start keeping a record of your behavior. Because like I said, I was well aware. I was well aware that I need to quit marijuana years before I did. But it takes time. I think what started to push me over the edge is that I started keeping a record. I started keeping a journal in 2018. I started becoming aware of just how much I was doing it. And forced to reckon with how it was affecting me. You know, I had to write, smoke two joints today and, you know, ran ran down to the river valley and, and for four hours just hung out down there with my thoughts all alone. Didn't do anything productive at home. 
got stoned at a party and said weird stuff to people and felt ashamed. And if I had been keeping that journal in 2007, 8, 9, 10, it would have been even more striking, you know? Got stoned and lied to my parents. Got stoned and drove to school. Got stoned and my girlfriend was unhappy with me again. You know, marijuana ruined relationships. Marijuana became the only substance of certain friendships I had. Those weren't friendships. It compromised my relationships with my parents. It made me a poor role model to my sister. And it took me away from myself. But all of that stuff was just in the background, static amongst the smoke, you know. It was when I began to keep that journal and began to honestly appraise how often I was doing it, how it affected me, how it changed me, that I began the road to quitting. And so I have to say to you, if you are looking to change purely for change's sake, you feel like marijuana is having a negative effect on your life, you want to stop doing it. Stopping a habit for the sake of stopping a habit, at least for me, I think is much more likely to lead to relapse, to lead to the inability to follow through because we haven't explored why are we using this substance? How is it affecting us? How is it coming to our life? What's it going to look like to get rid of it? So as I said, the next day after my incident, my accident, my near-death, dumbass, stoned experience, I sat down with my notebook and I, I took myself to task. I said, yes, you were stupid. You overdressed. You got way too hot. You got weird. You got stoned and you got paranoid. You made bad decisions. You almost killed yourself. Are you stupid? Yes, you're stupid. Are you stupid? Yes, you're stupid. But then I went deeper and said, well, how has this come to be? How has this come to be? And I'm very blessed to live where I live. I live just steps from the, from the river valley, as I mentioned. When I was younger, I lived even closer. And so, so much of my marijuana use became entangled with my enjoyment of nature, enjoyment of the river valley. That became the first thing to untangle. It's like, well, can I go? Can I just go do those same hikes, those same, those same nature walks without the marijuana? Surely you could. Now, there might be a bit of a, a period where it feels weird or it feels difficult because you're so used to having one and the other. But start to examine the ways in which marijuana has become so entangled in your life. Are there people that you only do it with? People that you always do it with? Places that you go to do it. Rituals, right? Marijuana becomes this very ritualistic thing in our life. Now, I mentioned a good friend of mine, my best friend. He unfortunately passed away over 10 years ago when I was still in the height. We were both still in the height of our marijuana use together. And I have to admit that that was part of my grieving and it was something I allowed to continue for, for almost 10 years was to go to those places we used to go together, to smoke pot, to think about him, to remember the things we did, to even speak to him like he was there, right? To imagine that I was in that place 10 years ago, you know? To go to that place, to smoke the marijuana, to look at the sky, to look at the river valley, all these familiar things was in a, in a sense a ritual, a pilgrimage into my memory, a trip into the past. And marijuana became so entangled with my grieving process and with a way to revisit my dead friend. I had to work it out. I had to find a way. I had to tell myself, I'm going to quit smoking pot eventually. I didn't even go that hard in the writing, but it was, 
just a few months before I was done with it for good, I had to say to myself, you don't lose him again if you quit the pot. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that my, my best friend would die again if I gave up the pot and gave up our ritual and gave up that right, you know, but that wasn't the case. And I had to, I had to make myself aware of that. Whoever he is to me now, wherever his spirit has gone, his energy, his memories, I had to believe that I wouldn't lose him if I gave up the marijuana because again, what was at stake was my life in the present. And so it's quite, it's quite common, I think, especially if you're a younger person, you know, when you're, <clears throat> you're in that group of friends like high school or early 20s, partying, socializing, hooking up with each other, going out, drinking, dancing, dating, staying up late, all that stuff. Now, I'm somewhat removed from it, but I remember those days and I remember how important the group is, right? And to, to be a member of the group, you know, and not to, not to stay inside or not to, not to take a night off of drinking, not to not smoke weed. But if you know in your heart, I'll get up on the, I'll get up on the soapbox just briefly. If you know in your heart that marijuana is, is affecting your life, right? Like for me again, mood swings. It, it took, it takes away from a person. Like I said, I, I, I saw a bunch of video footage of myself from back in the day when I was smoking weed and wasn't lifting weights and you know, my voice was so nasal. My posture was stooped. I was this skinny guy with a shaved head and just kind of, yeah, it's kind of going through life, you know. Hey, man, it's all good, man. That guy, I don't think, wouldn't have gotten to where this guy is if he hadn't given up the pot when he did. If not sooner, would have been probably better. But I remember what it's like to be in your early 20s and how important it is to get out of your head and get away from your parents and, and be a part of a group with your buddies and girls and guys and that whole life. But if you know that marijuana is messing you up and I can tell you that marijuana is taking away from your potential for the most part. There's very few people who use marijuana and are mentally sound. And I always find it a little strange when people in one breath talk about how important marijuana is for their anxiety and then talk about how bad their anxiety is or their depression. Yes, it has its benefits and I can't tell you what's right for you. But if you're blasting your brain with anything anything there's always going to be uh, an equal and opposite reaction if not a worse one right any substance abuse takes you up to a high and brings you back down past the baseline into a trough there's no two ways about it it's not a miracle drug and you know me 15 years ago would not believe what me is saying now but that was the case for me it's a substance that goes into your brain and it plays havoc on people to varying degrees. If you know that you need to remove it from your life and yet you're still worried about that social pressure, it may be hard. It may be hard to square that circle, right? It may be hard to do both. Be the leader. Be the leader by being you. That's what I wish I had done. So it's hard for me to tell you to do it having not done it myself, but even now, friends of mine want to smoke. I feel good about being able to say, no, it's not for me. I don't do that anymore. So in that record keeping, in that journal that you're now going to keep, right? Whether you're writing in it, you're doing voice notes, you're going to start your own podcast, you're going to keep a record of your becoming. You need to ask yourself, what is marijuana doing for me? And what is it preventing me from doing? Right? Again, we're not seeking to stop and change immediately. We're seeking to honestly look into the issue. You know, so for me, the big one, of course, escapism. I was running from life. I was wasting time, wasting money, 
I was overeating. Went to paranoia a lot of the time. Confusion, you know, strange thoughts. <laughs> um, yes, there were. there was a creative benefit to it. We'll get to that in a minute. Of course, there was laziness. There was inconsistency in my personality. I think in a way it weakened my self-control. And so in other areas of life, eating, skipping out on the gym, you know, again, how, how quick and how little work could I do at work before I could get home? How little of anything could I do in life before I could go get stoned? You know, that was at the worst of it. I regret going through my entire university education as a stoner. I think I, I didn't give a full effort, you know. Escapism, overeating, lack of self-control, strange thoughts, paranoia, mental health issues for sure. Now, did it feel pretty darn good at the time? Sometimes, yes. Did I have a lot of laughs with a lot of people? Surely. Saw a lot of cool things, said a lot of things that might have been smart, might not have been. Yes, there's a great social benefit to it at times. Yes, it, like I said, it, it entangled with my love of nature and with my relationships with people and with a way to honor a dead best friend. There's physical relaxation, right? It's great for swelling. It's great for pain. It's great for, for injuries. It's great for when you're sick. But once I started to see all this on that page, and once I started to realize that, okay, yes, there's some simple benefits, but there's some major drawbacks. And most importantly, the long-term trend, the long-term trend was not one that I liked the look of. Could you imagine having a wife and kid at home and running around stone in the river valley, almost killing yourself? It's just, that's what's at stake here is legacy. And that's what I think for you, if you believe that you are going to begin to now examine your, your relationship with marijuana or, or alcohol or any other drug, overeating, whatever it may be, but specifically marijuana. See how it's become entangled in your life and see how in the short term and how most importantly in the long term, your prospects don't look as good as they could. You know, and again, I, I'm, I'm aware of all the objections. You need it for your anxiety. You need it for your pain. You need it for, you need it to relate to people. You need it to relax. Like I say, I can't tell you what's right for you. You're here because you think you might want to quit. So much of what I thought I got from marijuana, I could have it without once I was f completely removed from it. It's an illusion that it, that it helps with anxiety for me. It's an illusion that it helped with pain management. You know, sure, it was just a numbing, right? The whole, the whole experience is one of numbing. It takes you to a place where you think you're enlightened. Again, my experience. It takes you to a place where you feel enlightened, where you think things are incredible. But then without it, where are you? right? If you need it to get up, then you're down. I think I'll leave it there. I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you watching. You know, remember that when it, when it comes to a bad habit that you, that you believe you've got some awareness of, remember that that's an invitation to grow. It's an invitation to self-knowledge. You don't have to change for change's sake. You don't have to change because someone is telling you. I'm not going to stand here and sell you some method to stop. I'm going to simply tell you that this is your invitation to self-control. To look inward and appraise, interrogate yourself. Why am I doing this? How has it become so entangled in my life? And what are my long-term prospects like with it and without it? Does it have to be this way? 
Will it get better if I keep on the path I'm at? And what do I really want out of life? If it's not a problem, it's not a problem. You could be lying to yourself, you could be numbing yourself, but in either respect, it's a call to doing the exercise of self-evaluation. So, so take it for what it is. Do it stoned, <laughs> and then do it sober and see what comes up. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching. Please remember, better is possible.